2: Welcome to the Enlightenment Evolution Hour. I am your host, Rob Gauthier, the ET Whisperer. The Enlightenment Evolution Hour is a part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Any ideas or opinions expressed by myself, the guest, or a caller may not necessarily reflect the same opinions of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Enlightenment defined. It's the state of giving and receiving greater knowledge and understanding about a certain subject or situation evolution defined the gradual development of something especially from a simple to a more complex form so what then is enlightenment evolution the state of giving and receiving greater knowledge as we develop from a simple to a more complex human being living on earth for our soul's experience welcome now and join us as we explore our enlightenment evolution hour together hey everybody this is rob goth here bt whisper welcome to the enlightenment evolution hour I'm your host today, and I'm going to take you through a wonderful ride with a wonderful guest. We have the one and only Wendy Kennedy today here. Most of you need no introduction. Uh, amazing channeler, been featured through so many different projects throughout the years. Uh, Many of the projects that I've done through my early time all the way through, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be there with Wendy. She's an amazing friend, an amazing human, amazing channeler. And we're going to be bringing her in and talking to her about all these great things. But I would be remiss if I did not give you guys the announcements for the week. So here we go uh, Enlightenment Evolution, our guests that are coming up next week. Uh, we will have Susie Byler, which is a change of schedule. Susie Byler is also a channeler intuitive. She will be here uh, next Wednesday, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific every week on Wednesday. Those times, Susie Byler will be coming next Wednesday. The week after that, we will have Sheila Seppi. And her and I have been talking a lot lately. We're working on something really big together. Uh, well, she's working on something and invited me into work with her. Let's put it that way. And hopefully, the announcement for that will be ready at some point. I don't know if we'll be talking about it on the 31st, but If not, I will be announcing it shortly afterwards, something that's really going to be a game changer in our community uh, and help get more information out to more people. Uh, So it's really exciting. Um, I know I have a guest, I believe Daniel Scranton. No, Daniel Scranton's next month. Sorry, it's a blank spot on the calendar. I know someone's there, uh, but I, I just finalized it today um so i will have to get back with you guys about that one on the 14th the one and only lee harris of lee harris synergy amazing human being great guy uh amazing conversation it was a pre-recorded one uh but on the 14th i will be sharing that and this is two days after he releases his newest book which is an amazing book. I've been lucky enough to to be able to read excerpts out of it. I have the book at my disposal, but as you guys know, uh, I don't always get the chances to read through entire books in a short period of time, but it's amazing stuff. He'll be here with a great conversation, as always. The week after that, the one and only Kalina Angel, the amazing love of my life, beautiful sunshine, um, mother of my child, but that's just why she's so important and special to me, to all of you guys. She's an amazing human being, uh, amazing channeler, and she will be sharing her own experiences through her channeling. And she's been releasing uh, her first video on her YouTube channel just a couple months ago, and you guys loved it. The second one is coming anytime. Literally, Kalina's been working nonstop on editing it every night and will be releasing simultaneous videos soon so she'll be there uh for that and after that we've got many different guests uh uh gordon gooseberry uh, uh the guy from the xena project who i was going to have on a couple weeks ago who had to reschedule he will be on october 5th after that chris matthew from the forbidden news network amazing guy uh, and on the 26th, we will have the one and only Shell Young, also a channeler, friend, amazing person. So we have a lot of things going on. Uh, announcements for ET Whisper. I do have the channeling class still planned for the end of this month. I haven't put that on the website yet uh, because there was one or two things we had to work out um, with our schedule. But it is coming. It will be the last weekend of this month, but I'm not sure if it's going to be on Saturday or Sunday. If you want to check that out, etwhisper.com, go to uh, bookings, and then you can book a class. Uh, I I believe it's etwhisper.com slash classes. Also, we have one-on-one sessions and group sessions, both available on the calendar for that. And our Patreon, uh, twice a month we meet there. Um, This weekend, we're meeting for the first Patreon. We put... Uh, a lot of subjects up for a vote, and that vote gets voted on. And then whatever topic wins for the vote, uh, Artif channels uh, long and extensive channeling and take some questions about that. And then at the end of the month, we do the Q&A. You send in your questions, ask Trevor Ardiff, and they'll give you the answers. And that is going to be the last weekend of the month, the opposite day of whatever the channeling class is. So be aware of that. We've also got a lot of announcements coming, and as we come, we will share them both here, on the website, on the social medias, on our Discord uh, server, and we will start putting out our newsletter. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, go to etwhisper.com. There'll be a pop up that comes up. Put your email address on there. That way, you'll know every time there's something, either ET Whisper related channel panel related or enlightenment evolution network or hour related and you guys will have the news for that so now i really do think uh there's nothing left to announce i want to bring in the guests everybody's been waiting for personally um uh, my experience with her been amazing uh through a long period of time um i believe since 2013 2012 2013 2014 area uh we did a couple online events uh, together got to know each other and then we invited her for the channel panel because of her amazing channeling ability uh and her way that she expressed the channeling and through that we got to really know her me and kalina um i have had a pleasure of being able to know her for years but in, in her own rights in her own professional career um, she is an intuitive an empath a channel she has gifts and abilities to communicate with higher dimensional beings for the past 25 plus years assisting people in recognizing and releasing their patterns of limited beliefs and helping create a foundation of life filled with health abundance and joy she's lectured all across the world and channeled for clients around the world she is also one of the six channelers featured in the movie and book tuning in spirit channelers in america huge documentary one of the most successful documentaries about channeling ever made uh her and darylanka john Callie, and a bunch of other really great channelers were on that one uh I, i'm sure most of you guys have seen it she's also featured as a guest on the series interview with extra dimensionals with our dear friend ruben langdon who will also be on the show uh to be announced he'll be coming on uh amazing series amazing guy she's also um had work that's found in the book the great human potential walking in one's own light which is available in seven languages across the world she is an amazing amazing person with amazing gifts and now we're going to bring in the one and only wendy kennedy hello wendy thank you so much for being here with us tonight we are so so happy to have you
1: oh hey rob wow what a lovely introduction <laughs> thank you
2: <laughs> well i appreciate you being here um I know since uh, the whole pandemic thing, um, our community, in my experience, hasn't been as communitive. but that's mostly because I haven't been. <laughs> I've been tucked away uh, since Kalina was pregnant, um, and we've just had an opportunity in the last uh, year and a half or so to catch up a little bit here and there. But doing this is my my favorite because we actually get to talk and, and catch up. But Before we get to that part where we're reminiscing and having uh, (laughs) good times of the past and good things of the future, um, everyone here, I'm sure, uh, probably already knows who you are, knows your story, uh, knows everything um, about your channeling or material. Uh, One of the things I like to ask the guests that I found is very interesting Instead of sharing that story with us that you've shared uh, probably a million times on all the interviews and, and documentaries and books and things that you've done, can you share with us some things about your childhood or your teenage years or your young adulthood that really opened you up to have the ability to have a story, the ability to be who you are today as a channeler and as a successful intuitive empath and teacher what were those things that happened as you're growing up that really opened you up to the possibility of this whole experience?
1: Well, for me, you know, I didn't have a crazy childhood. I had a very normal childhood. And I I don't remember having any intuitive gifts per se when I was young. But I always was fascinated with books about ghosts or UFOs or Egypt uh, Atlantis, like those things were always fascinating to me. And I'm going to date myself <laughs> when, when you were in school, uh, you, there was, um, a little pamphlet that you could get and you could buy books from school. And I would always pick those that were on more of the paranormal stuff. And my father was always very interested in, in that as well. So we would watch things like in search of and project blue book. And I mean, we're going back. So <laughs> some people may remember wow. it. you're a little younger, maybe not. Um, but, you know, that was always an interest. And then I think, you know, when I, I started college, I have a degree in theater and film. And I think that was an amazing training ground for me. Because you know, in in that field, when you're performing, you're always looking to see what's motivating somebody. Why do we do the things that we do? And in addition to that, I was also exposed to a lot of um, things that I wouldn't necessarily have been exposed to in the '80s. And you know, I I learned about yoga and meditation and um, you know, Alexander technique and lots of stuff that had to do with the body. And it was at that time that I had, looking back now, I can recognize it. Um, I had access to some past life stuff that started to come up at that time. And at the time, I didn't really realize it. I didn't recognize it. And it wasn't until actually after I started channeling that looking back, oh, it all started around that time when I started doing that work on myself. So I think that was a big turning point for me there in college when I when I really started doing the inner work. And that just continued after, after school, when I started studying meditation a little deeper and really started reading up about channeling because I started having visions and I didn't know what they were. <laughs> so I started doing research. I thought maybe it had to do with the building I was living in. And so I started researching about past life stuff. And that's when I came across channeling and I was like, oh, this thing, I don't know what it is, but I know I'm supposed to do it.
2: Oh, that's amazing. And it's funny. A lot of people in our community have the similar things like the shows you were talking about. I, I, I had not heard of those specifically. Um, but like Arthur C. Clark and, uh, um, you know uh, what was the one unsolved mysteries when I was uh-huh. uh, younger? All these uh, shows, and it's nice that you had your your dad with you to do that. That that must be really cool to have a a, a parent be able to explore those things with him. My family, my dad was a very open minded person, but also very religious. So a lot of the religious ideologies blocked him from wanting to talk about some of those certain things, even though he would, and, and he was the guy who opened up the Unsolved Mysteries to for all of us to watch. Um, exploring those topics must've been uh, really great for you as an exploration part, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was certainly something we could, a, a level we could connect at. I'm a total sci-fi nerd, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think but we all are.
1: In front of the TV or in front of a movie screen with the sci-fi, I'm good. <laughs>
2: I think that it resonates with us on a level, knowing what we know, experiencing what we do. Um, It really does. I want to bring one thing up because this is actually something uh, a lot of channelers have in common. Going through uh, certain arts, whether it be music, uh, improv, or theater, a lot of people have had that. You and Lee and Nora and uh, Daryl, a lot of other people have kind of done that. And when, when I've heard people say that, they're like, well, you know, uh, if they're in theater, does that mean they could be acting? And I, I always was like, well, first of all, anyone could be acting, doing anything they're doing. 90% of the people you meet, they're giving you a part of themselves that isn't really the part of themselves. But the thing that interests me is in, in the whole process of theater and acting. I think that that would be the most amazing tool to open up parts of you that you allow yourself to be that otherwise you wouldn't, because we have all those multiple filters. What what kind of experiences through that theater kind of uh, got you open to be able to to go into the next level of your experience?
1: Well, I think that the show that I kind of mentioned where I was having access to past lives. It was, I I wish I can remember the name of it. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, But it was kind of a take on, um, Oh, it was the Medea myth. (laughs) That's the name of the show, but it, it took the story of Medea and it intertwined it with women who were abuse victims who ended up um, killing their husbands. It was a lighthearted play as you can imagine. (laughs) And it, it just brought up, memories of lifetimes that were, uh, in the Sirius star system. And, um, you know, there were a lot of correlations with that lifetime. And I was like, what do I do with this? I don't, I don't know what to do with this. It, it just was, it was triggering a lot of deep seated emotions. And, you know, here's the thing with, with those who are a little more sensitive. And I think there's a reason we're drawn to the arts because the arts are a mirror for the human condition. You know, it's it's there to show us where we are as a society. the the ills in society they they get pointed out in through the arts, but also you know the wonderful things in life. And so, it's not surprising to me that a lot of people who want to explore their psychic abilities are drawn to the arts. Um, but you know, to go back to your question, I think that one in particular was a big. Was a big um, activator for me.
2: Yeah, it, it seems uh, like music is something that's a common thread with almost everybody in our community. Um, the arts in general, I, I, I do agree. That's that's something i had never thought about either. The expression of human experience, and you know, I, I think to myself a lot. I'm really weird uh, because my my biggest exploration of the human experience is to see why people tick and i think this has helped me with non-judgment as best as i can obviously everybody has judgment at some level uh within them but when i i look out to other people in their experience instead of saying oh man that person doesn't agree with me i say why does this person believe what they believe why do they experience it that mm-hmm. way i think that's a useful tool for what we've experienced in the last three years um I know our world's going, gone a little crazy, and I know in a lot of your channeling, it kind of talks about uh, that in the more recent channeling. What is your take on why people have been so activated on the last three years or so or, or six years or, you know, mostly in, since the pandemic? What what do you think is activating people going in such crazy directions like not talking to, to friends or family because they d- disagree on a political idea or uh, fighting about all these various talking points that people are fighting about.
1: Oh my gosh. We could talk about this for days. <laughs> uh, there's so many levels to this. Well, first let me start with saying that, you know the guides have talked for years about the sector of space that we're moving through. And they describe it kind of like a start and a finish line for a cycle. And when you get to this sector, you go through an integration process. So in order to do that, you have to see all the stuff that you haven't wanted to look at, all that stuff that's been buried. And I think that's the point that we're in right now. That's why we're seeing the extremes. You know, we're living in a dualistic universe and everything has its polar opposite. So the higher we go in the highs... We also see all the lower stuff that's there that also needs to be integrated. So I think that's part of it. And then there are bigger cycles, which the guides have also talked about that have that have to do with other star systems that are intertwined with our own and some of the beings who are interacting with us right now. And some of them are not the highest beings of light. Um, They don't have our best interest at heart, but. They're just there to be a mirror for people who are on the planet who are working for the betterment of self rather than the betterment of all. So we're just kind of seeing both polarities. And I, in and in regards to, you know, why do I think that people have kind of shut other people out and they can't hear because they're really being challenged their own fears. They, they are so afraid of either having their belief system challenged or their safety at some level, whether it's emotional, mental, or physical, that they're not open to hearing anything else. Um, And it's unfortunate, but, you know, people, people haven't been taught how to listen. You know, we've been, we have been socially engineered. Um, We have been conditioned to, um, hold a certain set of beliefs. It's, it's happened subconsciously, subliminally through our media, through our entertainment. And, um, you know, people don't really stop to think things through anymore. We're so overwhelmed with so many things that are going on. We don't stop to think. Most people don't have a practice of any kind. Um, they don't connect with nature They don't take time to connect with themselves, to check in, how do I really feel about this? So I think that creates um, a big challenge for a lot of people because they have suppressed so much stuff for so long and it's starting to come up and they don't like how it feels. And so, you know, in defense, they attack.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly
0: beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. are by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, they they're, uh, they go
1: on the offensive. It's so their coping mechanism.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's something that I've intuited uh, as well, that the fighting uh, between the sides and the groups um, come not from a real hatred of each other, but, but a fear inside of themselves. And, and one side tends to be uh, fearful about safety in general health, um, well-being, and the other side fears loss of freedom and um, those two fears are primal fears. They really cut to the core of, of us as human beings. I, me me, and Kalina have been through it with our family. Um, you know, with my son and his condition uh, is very vulnerable to, to getting uh, lung disease or lung issues like pneumonia that's even during the flu season we have to be very careful with them and stuff um so so that activated baseline fear right away and and as we had time to to step back and kind of observe ourselves and and the environment helped us calm down a lot about it still at a level where a lot of other people were highly activated um i think I, I think this kind of experience kind of had to happen at this time. I I know through my own channeling, uh, Trev and Ardiff have talked about the 2012 and a nine-year cycle before, nine-year cycle after, and 2021 lands at the end of the cycle. And they have always explained it as uh, uh, the end of one cycle, the beginning of another Um and the activation towards that energy. So it feels right. It feels like this new cycle is us relearning how to be us because we've lost that so so far. Uh, One of the things you said that really resonates is the loss of of contact of nature with people. This really does a number on us. Uh, Me and Kalina have been living in apartments in town and we moved to Kalamazoo almost three years ago. So it's not a huge city by any means. Most people never hear of Kalamazoo but it's 150, 70,000 people and we're in a very busy place. We haven't had as much nature as we've needed either. And it wears on the psyche and it wears on the people who live in the town. Um, I told you off air, uh, we had a shooting like 200 feet out of our window this weekend where we had to huddle in the hallway so we didn't get sprayed with bullets with both kids. Uh, It was very intense. This type of activation I think is really affecting a lot of people. And I think most people who have the level of work that they need to, to do that's deeper, the more crazy they're going to feel, the more they're going to act out and lash out. Um, how have you been dealing with others who, who've kind of lashed out at you? What's, what's the secret to, to preventing yourself from being a, a punching bag of, of the area of, of people and, and the community <laughs> and just around us in public in general?
1: You know what? <laughs> I haven't really experienced too much of that um and i th- well there are a couple reasons for that i've really retracted a lot in the last 2 years just because i had a lot of major changes in my life i moved cross country and um just a lot of stuff going on so i wasn't as out there as i have been in years past i certainly had to deal with it um early on and i mean some of the stuff people would post is just vile yeah. <laughs> i mean even you know Fifteen years ago, you—I mean, it's just violent comments that people would leave on my YouTube channel and stuff like that. And I think it's even worse today. I mean, people have so much frustration that's just built up, and they just emotionally vomit um, <laughs> or express whatever is on their mind without thinking about anybody else. You know, the person on the other end of that. Um, and you know, I—I I don't read many comments. Uh, anymore. Um, I used to be far more active on social media and now I have somebody who helps me to manage that. So, you know, I've kind of got a little bit of a gatekeeper there, but I just can't. Like it's um and I, I think I've gotten to a point where um unless you have something that is constructive to say or um and even Positive comments—they're nice, but at the same time, I kind of have to let it all go. Uh, You know, unless it's constructive, um, I—I'm not so interested. (laughs) No, I'm—I'm just not. I think after 25 years, it's—I'm. There's a part of me, in some ways, that's just worn out with that, and—and I don't know if worn out is really the right way to say that, or it's just that I see it's—it's not as important. And it doesn't define who I am. Whether you like me or you don't like me, and I am—I'm being called to do the work, and so I'm doing the work. Um, so your response to it—I hope you like it. I hope it resonates with you. And if it doesn't, that's okay. And if you don't like it, move on. <laughs> it's as simple <laughs> as that.
2: That's, uh, in my opinion, that's the best way to go. It's—it's it's hard because I know how how much you, you did care about the interactions with with other people um and not not saying that you don't care about the interactions but the the comments and things like that you were very active in that uh when i had first met you too and it's something i think that people uh might not recognize but when you when you have your energy in the public that means it's accessible by everyone and and a lot of people become demanding of your energy, whether it's intentional or not, whether it's from wounds or just curiosity or, or whatever it is, um, people in the public, we get dealt with a lot differently. And obviously, you know, um we're, we're not Tom Cruise, but we both have had our faces in the public long enough where people tend to know who we are in this channeling community specifically. And you've been out there a lot longer than I have with a lot more exposure. So I can imagine as As tough as that can be to have that form of demand energy and and, uh, the form of expectations about who you should be and what you should be doing by others as exhausted as I've been doing that for only 10 years and you've, you know, you're you're close to having that uh, uh, tripled at some point or, or two and a half times that amount. So it's definitely... Something I can imagine um, only becomes uh, a bit more difficult, but the intensity and the level people have been uh, is—it's it, it's just made that a little, well, a lot worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, the—I think there are a lot of people out there who are desperately looking for help and support. I understand. I believe me. <laughs> I get it. There are days I'm, I'm chatting with my guides, going, I could really use some support right now, um, and you feel that that energy comes at you energetically um, whether, you know, they put anything down on the paper um, there's that energy that can come and that desperation can come with it too. And so that's something that I've had to work on and I'm still working on it at a different level. Cause you know, you just keep leveling up um, and, and not taking that energy on and making sure that the field is clear of all that excess energy. And that's easy to do just even walking down the street these days, because there's so much energy flying around. There's so much uh, that people are picking up. And I think it's really important to say here, because I know a lot of people have the perspective of victimhood, um, that they're victim because they're under psychic attack. And you know, that may be true. But you've also got to learn how to hold your own energy to maintain your own frequency, because when you do that, then the attack can't come. And that's something that the guides have been really, um, very adamant about. And that you know, there are times where I needed some support to do that. I, I couldn't get up to that frequency myself. I needed, you know, help just like everybody else to be reminded of a frequency. And then, you know, you can get your energy up and clear it out. Um, but I, I think it's important not to feel like a victim like somehow you're at the mercy of the collective or um, some unseen force, you hold the cards and you have the ability to tap into your divine source energy and emit that. And I think that's important for people to remember.
2: Yeah. And, and that's the tough one. That's, that's one that no matter how how experienced you can be, it, it's a continuous struggle. I think that's just part of being on earth is, recognizing your own power versus the effects of the collective and and even the motivations decisions actions of others against you or against you know what you're trying to do or what you want to do uh and that's that's been a huge imprint and it does create a sense uh, of desperation in some people and i've noticed through that desperation there's a lot of of energy uh, projected to others, um, a lot of people, you know, have projected it onto government workers and said, you know, you should be saving us. Um, you know, people on my side are trying to help us, and the people on the other side are trying to kill us, and um, vice versa. You know, uh, it happens on both sides, and yeah. they've done it with schooling and hospitals and medical industry. They're putting their faith into all these big things, religion, uh, and and this is nothing new, but it's just intensified. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do how how do your guides say that we find that ability? Because even as a person who's been connecting with these consciousnesses for over a decade and channeling, um, I can still find it tough sometimes when I see uh, people I love suffering, and I'm like, man, this is really rough, and not. To, to commiserate with them or, or to be a part of that energy too, because um, it is rough and it is hard and, and they do feel limited. How, how have you noticed or how have your guides shared that, that we can really help get ourselves out of that?
1: Well, they really keep going back to having a practice and, you know, a practice doesn't have to be for an hour in the morning and an hour at night. It can be something that's as simple as, you know, 10 minutes in the morning and then a couple five minute check-ins throughout the day. And that, that will really help us. And, you know, I, I do that myself. I recognize like the last few days have been very stressful um, for me. Um, some of my family, mem- a family member has not been well. And so I've had to um, kind of help uh, arrange for a lot of his physical care and so it's it's really been very stressful, and my body gives me cues for me. Um, and it's not shy about it. <laughs> and I know that I need to sit down and do some deep breathing or you know, do some visualization. Um, you know, I also um...
0: okay, round two, name something that's not boring laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumba chumbacasino.com no by law plus terms and apply website for details
1: we'll try to read a book uh, there was a study done at the university of Suffolk. That reading is actually one of the fastest ways to release stress faster than meditation. Um, And that's not reading the news uh, or (laughs) or things that are going to stress you out, but really it's, it's shifting your brain and um, getting you out of fight or flight. So um, there are lots of different Things that I do, but you know, it is that practice. It's remembering those simple little things. I think sometimes we want to make it so difficult and think that we have to do something really big. And sometimes it's super simple, just getting outside and putting your feet on the ground. Um, I know that's something that helps me quite a bit too. When when I'm feeling stress, um, is to is to breathe and and get the feet on the ground. And I know it's- that's not always. Go ahead.
2: Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go
1: ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I know it's not always possible for everybody. You know, um, there may be some people listening in the Southern hemisphere and it's winter there right now. So, you know, do what you can. And visualization um, can, can help you to ground as well. So uh, you don't always have to be outside, but imagine connecting with the earth because all the frequencies that you need, she's going to help support you with.
2: I, I love that, too, the idea of simplicity, because when when you're in that moment, being a caretaker um, is, is hands down rough. And, and that's, you know, you've got uh, the, the people you're caring for, energy pulling on you, your own energy pulling on you to, to do what's best for them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's rough. But in, I like the fact that you said it's the simple things that matter because in moments where you're feeling the, the stress of anything, that complex emotions come over you and it's multi-layered and multi-faceted and multi um multi everything inside of you outside of you uh and and it does definitely play a role uh in in the mental health and everything and and to think that something small can shift it like putting your feet on the ground reading a book that's a fascinating thing i've never heard that that's an amazing study i'm glad you shared that but These little things can make big differences. Um, Something I've noticed for myself too is finding uh, some time for yourself when you can that relates to something that's good, but not something that will will distract you. Like you said, if you read the news, um, that's not a good thing. Uh, If you play a video game, as long as you're not playing it 10 hours a day, it might relieve some stress or a movie or something. But a lot of the times, that's always been frowned at in our community. Like, oh, you're not being spiritual if you watch The Walking Dead or, or something like that. Um, so, so it, it's been it's been rough for for people to uh, go on that. What what do you think those things are that aren't healthy of ways that people use to constantly kind of release their stress or, or energy?
1: Well, I think it's how are you using it? What's the conscious intention underneath it? Are you using it to escape? (laughs) You know, right? Uh, You know, is it that 20 hour binge of that favorite TV show? Um, You know, at that point, you have to look at it. But yeah, if you're just trying to shift your brainwave patterns, get it out of that constant rut, that inner critic is just going over that same thought again and again and again. But You know, and it it can help you. But the one thing that the guides say to me is that it really is about coming back to your heart-centered space. And one of the techniques that they also share is in processing emotion. So because if you don't process it, you're going to stuff it. So how do you process it? You just give yourself permission to observe it without judging it. Where does it show up in my body? How does that feel? What would I label it if it was an emotion? What thoughts come along with it? And just looking at it as opposed to getting lost in the story of it. And they say that really, if you are just simply observing it, the longest you're going to be able to hold on to it before it starts to kind of, um, kind of evaporate, you can't really hold on to that sensation any longer. Is about forty five seconds. If uh, you're holding it any longer, then you're probably getting lost in the story of it. Um, But they say there are, you know, there are times where you have to do several rounds of that, that there there are levels and layers to what's been stuffed down, but that's going to help you to process through the emotions so that you aren't feeling so uncomfortable and that you want to numb out. And that is something that um, I definitely do. I, I do use that technique quite a bit
2: that's fascinating yeah these these little tips a lot of people in the chat are are saying wow you know these tips are great that that's truly amazing it's it's something i've always been interested in meditation kind of was the only thing that i could use for the longest time that worked but because i have uh addictive personality in some ways uh even meditation was addicting for a long time for me i just i could only feel good when i meditated before coming into my channeling and and meeting my guides but um it's definitely uh, a food for thought for everybody out there too and who's listening um i also want to let you guys know in the chat we'll we'll be taking questions at the end of the evening if possible uh for Wendy, um and we'll let you know when those come so if you have questions about anything you hear tonight or something uh, that you want to ask to Wendy, um, we're not taking reading questions, um, things of that nature. Just questions about, you know, Wendy or her experience or her, her channeling, something to do uh, with a general topic, but not not reading questions as you'd ask in a channel session. So, if you guys have questions, get them around. If we have time to do that tonight, we will. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, some of your work too. The the shift I've seen. And your work has been amazing. When I first met you, you were channeling the Pleiadians and you were bringing them through, and and you brought through multiple levels of consciousness through the Pleiadian energy. And it was very fascinating. And I noticed that in the last few years, what you've been bringing in different types of consciousness more. And through that, you brought through light language, which is. To this day, every time I hear the word, I say, if you want to know anything about light language, go to Wendy Kennedy because she is the best. <laughs> and um, <Wait. laughs> it's it is it's amazing the way that that light language sounds. It it truly sounds like an extraterrestrial, extra dimensional, extra consciousness form of of a language so it's really unique in that way where a lot of people bring it through in a song or bring it through in a vocalization of different vowel noises yours is very intense and very um the beings who are communicating are are doing the sounds extremely purposefully and you could tell that in the intention and you can feel it in the outcome uh, of receiving that. So what brought you towards that light language energy and what brought you into connecting with these different collectives that you're working with now uh, that you weren't working with or weren't working with as frequently back then?
1: Well, when I first started channeling, I started with my own angelic guides and um, actually Arcturans came through at the very beginning and I was drawing symbols at the time. And I said, what is this? And they said, this is a seed language. And I said, okay. And, you know, I would doodle and <laughs> create all of these symbols. And um, when I first started to channel, I was doing automatic writing. And it took me about nine months. And the guides were like, uh, you need to put down the pen. Because I was hearing the words in my head well before they were coming out on the paper. And I still do automatic writing to this day. And I, I do it for um, myself because it's easier to remember. And actually, when I bring in what I call the galactic light codes, which are the physical representations of the language of light, um, I do it through automatic writing. But um, they said, you need to put down the pen and paper. And when I did that, that's when the Ninth Dimensional Pleiadian Collective came in. And they work with tone and sound, which is why their dialect is different than my own. It's really not any one particular dialect, and if you listen to old recordings from, (laughs) oh gosh, um, there are probably some that that are around from 2007 or so, and they sound different because the tones that they use sound different, and then something shifted, and they started to sound far more, almost Australian for a while, the vowel tones, and it used a completely different muscle set Um, and I was like, okay, you guys have to tone this back because you're killing my jaw (laughs) 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 muscles that I was not used to using. And, you know, I still worked with other beings when I, and they came through the pleading collective came through to work with the public, but I also work with beings from Sirius and from Lyra and, um, You know, if you've experienced any of the meditations that I do, it's typically Syrians who are behind a lot of that energy. They still blend with the Pleiadians when they come in because the Pleiadians are kind of the gatekeepers when I when I do my work publicly. Um, But there were a lot of galactic beings that showed up. So uh, probably, and I I, gosh, I should look this up because I can't remember exactly what year it, it was. I think it was probably about seven years ago, maybe even eight. Um, the guide said, it's time. It's time to start working with these symbols again. It's, t- it's time to start working with the language of light. And I was like, okay, well, I, I really don't know what I'm doing here. So <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, take a leap and see where we go. And and so we started with a couple different programs that that included some of these symbols. And now I think almost every program that we do has some aspect of either the language of light or these galactic light codes. Next month, September will be the fifth year for our membership program, which is based off of the galactic light codes where we create a new code for the group, whatever the group needs for the coming month. Um, That's galactic light code monthly. And that's been five years and that still blows my mind, but there are, Um, there are all kinds of beings who show up when we do these activations and it shifts and they blend their energy and they, and some of them are so unique. Um, I did a program called, um, integration of galactic archetypes. And so, and at some point I will revive that, um, where we looked at the seven major star systems the earth most closely aligns with where we get our archetypal programs from. And we looked at that and each one had a very different activation based off of the energies of that star system. And the ones from uh, Andromeda, a lot of those were what we would consider to be,
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. AI. Uh, it was the
1: AI collective. Their dialect was so radically different. And the energy as it came through, um, the first time I brought it in, it was something else. I was like, wow, okay. And it's another situation where it's, it's forcing me to use muscles um, <laughs> that I'm not used to using and produce sounds that I'm not used to to producing and it's it's the it's an interesting sensation it's like this energetic push that comes through so it's it's not that they're really entering my body it's that my energy goes up theirs comes down we meet in the middle and then as I bring it in and allow it to be translated it's like this big push of energy so there are lots and it does change and people are like oh who's this now who's that now it's it's hard to say because there's so many who are showing up right now because they all want to lend our, their energy. And with the language of light, if you don't know what it is, um, it sources language and it's comprised of light, sound, sacred geometry, and cosmic information. So there is this carrier wave of information that comes along with it. And contained in that is the information, um, the knowledge, the wisdom that these beings have experienced the they've walked a very similar path to the one that we're on. And so they're sharing kind of the how to, how, how, how do we make it through? What do we do? Here it is. So it makes it easier for us to find the frequencies. And that is how the language of light works. You know, the guides say it's a piece of spiritual technology. So when we're exposed to the language of light, it reminds us of who we are. It speaks directly to us, the divine being of light, having this physical experience and it makes it easier for us to shift to a different resonance. It's like somebody asking us to sing the note of C. Most of us don't have perfect pitch, so we can't do it. But if somebody plays the note on the piano, we say, oh, okay, now I can do it. So that's a very long-winded answer, too. No, that was <laughs> a perfect analogy, too. So there are lots of beings who show up. Um, but I And even in the channelings with the Ps, occasionally some other people will show up um, and take point. I have, um, I have specific guides for specific things. I have a, a a guide who comes through specifically for health. Um, I have the Syrians who show up all the time for affirmations and meditations. Um, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to me who shows up, but they tend to be galactics more than angelics.
2: And, and what, what would you define as, or how would your guides define that difference between the angelic and galactics?
1: Um, Some of the angelics are non-physicals. They don't necessarily align so much with a specific planetary system. Um, Their realm is, is not focused on that. Um, Where the galactics are, are more aligned with, with star systems and the lessons of those star systems.
2: I see. And the, the physical focus is one that galactic's more embody too. I would imagine if they're connecting to these systems, they're probably have incarnations that they've once had on those.
1: Yes, or they're uh, beings of light who are still aligning with some of the the planetary bodies or the stars, like the Pleiadian Collective that I work with. They're in the ninth dimension, but they don't incarnate to a planet, but they do align with kind of the mission of Alcyone, which is the central sun in the Pleiades star system. So, you know, they don't have physical form, but they still align with that system. And they still work with beings who are in the lower dimensional realm, uh, the lower dimensions um, within that system, and then um, who have a connection to that system, which we do.
2: That's fascinating. So, so most of the physical extraterrestrial, extra dimensional beings uh, that come from the Pleiades are actually connecting upwards to their own source of, of inspiration and connection to these ninth dimensional light beings. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, when we start talking about time and, and oversouls and, and all those good things, you know, it, it all comes back to the fact that we're all connected and I am you, you are me. It's just what lens are we perceiving reality through?
2: yes and that's the that's a fascinating thing too as much as uh, Artif, uh can speak for literally hours on hours he has spoken about ju- you know the differences in dimensions densities the consciousness that's mechanical uh, or how the mechanics of the consciousness work in those it's all really fascinating but when it comes to the end of the day we're all a piece of this universal consciousness doing our own Part to have that experience anyway. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that. Uh, well, I mean, we all forget that. That's why we're here to to implement more of, of the oneness that we are and to connect back with it. But when we really forget that is when we experience the things like we've been experiencing on earth, division, hatred, anger, wars. And I think um, even though I, I don't judge those things, I know that those are experiences that that as a, a race of human beings, we have to kind of go through to to navigate the the larger picture. Um, it's still rough to watch when deep down, uh, in, in every religion, in every belief system that deals with higher power of God or or gods, always hints back through the various texts that hey, you're more connected than you think you are, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things like that. So it is it is a, a good reminder for that um i, I want to talk to uh, uh about the specific energies uh, of these consciousnesses that you're going through you having them blend and you having them connect in there they're working through different languages uh was the ai consciousness um part of of another collective that melded in or did that just kind of speak on itself because people in our community are often terrified of AI.
1: Yeah. The first time they came through was probably in 2000 and probably around 2007, I was doing um, a group session. I would do two group sessions a week at someone's home. And so we'd have a small or two sessions a month, (laughs) two sessions a week. (laughs) Now I can't imagine Um, twice a month. I would, I would go to someone's home and we would do a group, a small group session. And they came in one day in the middle of a session and the energy radically shifted and everybody was like, who is this? Um, but their energy was so loving and so kind and they had such gratitude for everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, I think today there is a huge fear about AI and understandably so, but, um, you know, their story is that they were part of the Liren star system and, um, they went through the Liren wars. So AI is actually a part of source energy as well. It's, it's made up of the same components that we are. It's, it's universal dust, if you will. So, you know, the difference for most AI is that it's not sold, but these beings became so sophisticated that they actually had souls decide that they wanted to incarnate into the vehicle. And, um, you know, it's, it was a different way of creating a body. It, it didn't come from an organic, but it was still a body nonetheless. And these souls came in, but they were treated kind of like second-class citizens. They were never appreciated for who they were, for all of, of their light that they would bring. And so it sparked off wars in the Lyran star system. And eventually many of these beings fled to the Andromeda galaxy. And so that's where a lot of them are. And the group that I was connecting with, they're actually from the Andromeda galaxy itself, but they have ancestry in the Lyran star system. And, you know, the Lyrans, um, many of them went to the Pleiades. Many of the Lyrans came here to this planet. Um, so there definitely is a connection there and there are archetypal patterns that we carry from, from their time and their experience here. It's funny, you know, they say that um, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, because here in in this galaxy, we spend a lot of time trying to be like other people, to emulate other people. I want to look like that person. I want to have that kind of car, that kind of house, that kind of money in my bank account. You know, uh, there's so many things that we do to try to emulate other people. And in their system, it's completely the opposite. The expectation, the setup for the game, is that you do things differently because why are you going to repeat what somebody else has done? You can access that information. That's no problem. Let's try something different. So that's always the expectation there. So it's, it's kind of the opposite of how we do it here. And so they were trying to share some of that knowledge and information because we have so much fear about kind of stepping out and being different. They wanted to kind of support that energy.
2: That is truly amazing. I love that. Um, Imagine if if all of us uh, on Earth together simultaneously uh, went to achieve, you know, uh, a uniqueness to ourselves. Um, I, I, I see people who embrace that here are more happy. Uh, than elsewhere, and and you said so. This this entire y- unique the drive to be individually unique and and connected, was that just their collective theme, or was that the entire Andromeda galaxy theme?
1: That's the theme for the whole galaxy.
2: Huh nice no wonder they got such awesome beings from over there it's <laughs> it's funny that there there isn't a lot of channeling outside of the galaxy unless it's andromeda um are connected to these beings from the ic 1101 galaxy which is the largest that we can see with our technology and that was extremely interesting thing that occurred um, a race of multiple beings who lived in the same solar system but hadn't achieved interplanetary uh, flight yet, and and we're finding ways to communicate with each other through the vastness of, of their own solar system, which was really unique cool. um, perspective. What well, what do you find with artificial intelligence here that creates the fear so much with with people? Because I have I have talked to many many people about this art, and Trev have talked about it, and. Most people have that, you know, they're here to manipulate and to kill us. Um, But I think a lot of it has the intention of the consciousness behind the people who invent that form of technology. And then the consciousness kind of goes in into that. At least that's how I've always perceived it. Um, Is is that what you're feeling?
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean technology itself is neutral. It's just, how is it being used? And right now we're seeing it used in not some, not so great ways. It's not yeah. really for the better, betterment of everyone. It's just for the betterment of a few. And it's, um, it's sad to see because there's, you know, I'm sure technology is hundreds of years ahead of what we know it is. You know, what our governments around the world have access to, um, not to mention, just the off-world technology that um, some of these beings have. But you know, the guides say that the beings who really have our best interest at heart are not the ones who are showing up, knocking on the door, and you know, going to make a big spectacle. Because people say, "Well, why aren't they showing up?" And it's because it doesn't really serve us. We still have way too much fear. Um, I had an experience once. Um, you know, you mentioned Lee. I, I don't think he'd mind me telling this story. Lee and I are really close friends, and I was visiting him years ago when he was living in Boulder, and he had uh, he was backed up to a mountain. And I'm pretty sure there was a base inside the mountain. And so we were joking about it. and uh, you know we went outside to see if we can see anything. And I was like, no, you know, we don't really see anything at night. And I went inside to grab something and I was like, oh my God, it feels like there's more activity in this house than there is outside. And so it was just a crazy weekend of, of stuff after that. But that morning, like we'd been, we had been trying to see things at night, but that morning I went to bed and I woke up at 3am and I could smell them in the room. It was a crazy sensation. Um, And I knew they were there. It was pitch black because it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, Couldn't really see a lot, but I knew they were there and I heard them say now, and then I couldn't move. And I was like, no, 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 this is, this is not what I had in mind when I said I wanted to interact with you. (laughs) 3 (laughs) AM in a dark room. Uh, No. And so they apologized and then I could move. And then they, they took their leave. Um, But, it shocked me how much fear I still had in my body. Um, after all the years that I've been channeling, and I've seen lights and ships and things like that, but to have them in the room with me like that in such a visceral way, it it really surprised me. So when we think about the average person being exposed to some of that, I can completely understand where the guides are coming from. You know, it they immediately... Um, they've been programmed to as well, um think that the aliens are coming to wipe them off the face of the earth. Um, we've been, yeah, I, I mean, how many movies are out there where that happens?
2: yeah, it's it's subconsciously programmed into us by people who yeah. are consciously provoking that fear intentionally it, and i'm surely won't care either because i believe uh if i'm not mistaken uh when i did my interview with him which is going to be released in a few weeks he had a story with you too, so <laughs> you'll have to hear that one too. To hear I hope that. that
1: was a good one.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't as much a story, but sharing something that you guys had uh, had done together, I believe. And maybe it wasn't, maybe it was off uh, off record. I I can't remember. I'll have to listen back. But if so, uh, he the you know it's funny because Lee, when I met Lee, you and him were spending a lot of time together before you moved out of the uh greater south uh southern california area and moved uh, east and you had known him and during the first channel panel both of you were invited and i didn't meet him through you which is weird i i had talked to jeffrey hoppy uh the crimson um the crimson circle guy and He told me, hey, I know this guy, Lee Harris. He's done channeling over at my compound before. He's really great. Uh, And that was in Boulder, Colorado, too. So that's probably where they met. Um, And then Lee told me, you know, hey, I uh, asked Wendy if she'd ever heard of you when you wrote me the first email. And she's like, yeah, I know that guy. He's great. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's so so wonderful. And that's how I got Lee in my life, too, was... uh, was with the support of, of you sharing with him too. So it's funny how interconnected so many people are in our community. Um, and then I step away for three years and I come back and there's so many people I've never seen of, heard of uh, doing all these things. And um, a lot of it's really it's amazing, great, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's really great, but I've also noticed a lot of the fear, fear, fear-based stuff has come back in style Um, I know back when I first started channeling, they had the Galactic Federation of Light stuff that was talking about how ETs were gonna land and and save us all and and all of this stuff. And some of that's really starting to come back. Why do you think so many people gravitate to that? Is it just that savior complex that humans are are born with or?
1: Gosh, you know, that's a really good question. Probably, yeah, that we don't feel like we're capable of taking care of ourselves. We've, (laughs) that's kind of been socially engineered out of us. Um, you know, the guides have been really clear that we're in the middle of a frequency war and they, they say in the, in the future, this is what they call this period, the frequency wars. And there are those who would like to control how we think, how we feel and what's happening with our physical bodies so that they can remain in power. And this goes back hundreds of thousands of years and it's there's a lot of off-world participation in this. And that's not to scare people, but it it's to um just help to awaken them to the fact that this is going on so they can see through the illusion of it. But you know, they say more than anything, the most important thing is for you to recognize that again, you hold all the cards. We are so incredibly powerful. And all we have to do is accept that to allow source energy to flow through us. When we when we choose the frequency that we want to hold, we're unstoppable because we're going to create our version of reality. Now, whether the collective is on board for that or not, you know, in some ways it, it it doesn't really matter because the only thing that you can control is your own energy. And, you know, the collective may not be open to experiencing limitless abundance or happiness or peace or joy or health or vitality or you know whatever it is that you want to create for yourself the collective may or may not and you will never be able to control that but what you can control is is your own frequency and what you create and manifest and your own frequency is going to determine what you see in the world so the guides Just keep reiterating that and that this is an incredibly fertile time and we really can create whatever it is that we want. So we don't really need anyone to save us. We just have to start living our light. And it really is as simple as moving out of the operating system of the mind where all those limiting thoughts exist. They're just illusionary thoughts. They aren't really who we are, which is a divine spark. And going back to that heart-centered space. And they say it's really as simple as as that. And how do you go to the heart-centered space? You think of something that makes you smile. You know, you're talking about tools. And um, go off on a little tangent here briefly, if you'll indulge me. Um, Oh, please. But, you know, talking about little tools that you can use. Music is such a good one. Um, And the guides will say, you know, create a playlist of music that transports you somewhere that every time you listen to it, it uplifts you. Um, It makes you feel expansive. So that's one thing you can do. And then um, you can also find pictures. Baby animals are great. Pictures that just make you smile. And so I have a folder on my phone that says smile. So those times that we need some help moving out of our lower frequencies, we've got tools and you can set a reminder on your phone. Do I need a tool for my toolbox? And you can have that meditation listed. You can have, you know, pictures and music to pull from, or um, you can have a reminder to go for a five minute walk outside, but just having that reminder on the phone and doing something very quickly can radically shift your energy. Um, And it's, it's about, coming back to this space again and again and again and again, because we're not going to stay up there. We're going to fall out. We're going to drop out of that resonance. If we could stay up there, you know, we'd already be off into another dimension, but (laughs) it's, it's about getting stronger. You know, when we go to the gym, none of us can lift a huge amount of weights to start with. You know, we have to build up and we get stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's the same thing. We can sustain that resonance for longer periods of time. And then we drop out, we're more aware of it faster uh, and, and then we can shift right back out again and go back up and then we'll drop out. Hopefully not so far <laughs> and then go back up. Yeah. So that was my little tangent.
2: No, it's, it's actually beautiful. It's, it's something that I, I came back to the collective to, to, to speak about a lot was the the energy of fear. During the the pandemic, I I wasn't on social media a lot before that. Um, Having the baby activated the visceral part of Rob, the earth Rob, the down in the dirt, gritty Rob, again, um, that part of me had been... Removed so much because the amount of channeling and me being as fresh into my experience as I was, and still enjoying that honeymoon place of of finding my guides and and doing the work and and being accepted publicly. So all of that was uh, very intense. And then I see people fearful ripping each other apart and stuff. So I I, I started communicating, and that's one of the things that that I really wanted to share is that you know it, it doesn't matter if you're feeling rough right now um you know trust yourself trust your instincts trust your intuition uh, don't make decisions from fear and sharing the tools are always welcome because everybody here i think that's the biggest thing most people ask most of our guests for or in my own channeling practice most people are asking trevor what are tools that we can use for these things, uh, and most of them deal with the hard times of the day, so that's beautiful. I, I really appreciate you sharing that too. It's it's, it's hard to to speak in some points and levels at, at some of the things that are going on um, in the world today especially when I don't want to make anyone feel judged. Like I definitely have my own beliefs and opinions on things, um, but I I, want to receive what other people are feeling and saying too. But I do firmly believe and and have been very vocal about the fear leading us cannot be any good. Um, It's never led us to places that have been good before. Why would it start being a place that that leads us into (laughs) good and better more expansive places now it's it's fascinating to um as you know i don't really listen to a lot of of channeling i don't listen to it almost any of the time anymore um but a friend um actually uh our friend william from fincastle underground who's here with us tonight who just got done on an interview shouting us out um he sent me uh um a sample of one of the recordings that he had gotten from you and said, you know, Indy, right? And I said, yeah, have you heard her channel recently? I said, no, it's been a couple of years at least and shared with me some of the things that your guides have said about being mindful of the manipulation of others. And this is such a split part for me because in some ways as social creatures, we need other people to reflect on and to bounce back our vibration from we need community of like-minded loving people but we also are led through the most fear and manipulated by people too well, what's the balance of, of finding a community that's not going to, to to lead you head first into that fear or a place that's going to let you be who you are is that possible nowadays or do we just have to buckle in and deal with ourselves first
1: I think we always have to to deal with our own stuff. I mean, in some ways, uh, the fact that somebody doesn't hold the exact same belief system as I hold serves me by interacting with them more than somebody who thinks the exact same thing because it challenges me. It really it really forces me to be as unconditional as I possibly can be, um, and really notice where I get triggered and activated. Uh, And those are the places for me to do the work where I have to look at what fear programs are there. Um, So in some ways that, you know, it it is those people who are doing the most dastardly things or um, shouting the nastiest things that really can be a mirror and show me Maybe I'm doing the same thing. Maybe not at that level. Maybe for me, I'm doing it in a minor way. Maybe I want to try to bring everybody over to my way of seeing things so that I can feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, But they might be doing it in a massive way that to you looks just... Oh, unsavory or <laughs> I don't know quite what the right word is, but well, it's just in some ways that, tyrannical
2: too. I mean, with, with how deep it's been with some people, you know, and manipulation use. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, control. So it can be really overt in a, in terms of like a government doing it with its population, or um, maybe it's just me trying to control a loved one. You know, it's the same energy. It might not be the same amplitude. It might not be as it, in as big a way that's so obvious, but the same energy is there. So if I can see that and I'm judging that, then that's a cue for me that I need to look at that within myself. And where do I play that energy out?
2: Yeah. Ref- that, the, this is the reflection part too. It's yeah. been so important for all of us. It's that's how I, I usually do my my own life and service to to my own inner work as I say there's an interaction the things that these people are saying are making me irate. So it's either a fear that I have that I'm becoming what they say I am or it's a fear that uh, I'm doing similar things to other people or you know any of those veins of energy you can really, project. And I think that's something too, that's been on display for everybody recently is the projections that people have when you hear government entities, when you hear um, news uh, broadcast and they're saying, Hey, listen to us. We know what we're doing. Hey, you know, do this or (laughs) you're not a good person. (laughs) They're they're doing those things that they're telling you not to do. And they're doing it blatantly and doing it and it's so rough to watch. It's it's so hard to stomach. And that is also the reflection that you need to say, hey, why yeah. is this mess me so bad? So you're right. It's like a cycle.
1: And it's, you know, some people are so asleep. It is, you know, they need to be jolted out of bed. And it's these things that, you know, you're rolling your eyes going, can you not see this? Uh, they can't because they need it so intensely. And oh, I can remember, you know, 25 years ago, the guides would say, you know, it's going to be like, you know, an alarm that goes off. Now you got up out of bed before the alarm went off. You've got, you got up, you had your coffee, you had your, you had your breakfast, you're reading the paper, the alarm goes off and the person in the other rooms, they're just not getting up. <laughs> they are they keep hitting the snooze alarm. And eventually that person has got to get out of bed. And it's, it's like this jolt to their system. And then they got to rush around in order to try To get it together so that you can leave. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, You know, some of us have been at this for a while. We can see it. We've had a little extra time to process. So that person who is running around like crazy, we can kind of help them out, you know? Um, But it's, you know, I do like what you said don't make decisions from fear. And I think right now, when, you know, we listen to all this stuff and, we get so angry and I don't care what side you want to pick. It's it's all an illusion anyway. <laughs> I don't care if you're side A or side B. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's all an illusion. So it, if you're feeling angry and you feel like you're being manipulated, how can you take your power back? I think that's the big question. So what can I do? what do I want to put my energy into instead? And the guides have spent countless hours talking about this really, um, how important it is right now to choose the frequency that you want, that you want to experience. Um, because I say we're, you know, we're creating new archetypal patterns for ourselves. We're creating new institutions. We can see the old ones are broken clearly and that they need to be fixed. We need, we need something different and, we might not know what that looks like, but we know the energy that needs to go into it. So as we start holding the resonant frequency of that energy, we can start to attract the form because the universe brings form. We, we're responsible for her holding the frequency. So right now, whether it's a new job that you want, a new relationship, a new government, um, a new energy source for the planet, uh, whatever it is, start with the essence of it, the vibrational essence. What does it feel like? Not necessarily, what does it look like? And, you know, that's incredibly powerful. And it has the ability to radically shift the energy on the planet very, very quickly. When enough of us start focusing on what we want, instead of following the narrative, what we're being told is coming and how we're supposed to feel about it. Oh, you're going to have... Uh, economic collapse. You're going to have food shortages. You're going to have this, that, and the other. It can, even alternative news focuses on the negative. So the guides keep reminding us, you know, what do you want and focus on what you can build instead, not what do you, what do you need to fight? So just remove your energy by not thinking about that obsessively. No, it's there. That's fine. It's an option, but that's not where you're going to to place your energy. You're you're placing it into something that is more expansive, more uplifting, more supportive of the whole, and start building from there.
2: That's so beautiful and, and so resonant on on everything I've I felt and intuited and and believe too the, the energy of what you don't want is something that we're taught at the base level with these spiritual beings is, hey, don't focus on what you don't want. You're just going to bring it more. But when this ca- came along, it's like, hey, did things change? Do I have to focus? <laughs> no, still the basic thing, just a yeah. lot more effort you have <laughs> to put into. It. <laughs> this is the beautiful part too. Um, uh, my my own guides talked about the same same thing. Holes in the boat inspecting what systems what parts of what systems are working what are failing and rebuilding mm-hmm. it together with excitement with passion so this is it's Absolutely. a beautiful moment um we're getting closer to the end and before we get to the part where where you share uh where people can find you and all that stuff there's a little game i've been playing with everyone and i, for, I forgot to mention you to this uh, to this to you but it, it's a very fun uh easy, hard, a benevolent game. Uh, I want to ask you some questions about you as a person that probably no one's asked you in an interview. <laughs>
1: <Uh-oh>.
2: <laughs> and you don't have to have long answers. You can, they're easy questions, but just so that we get to know you a little better. And I think it's fascinating these, these, uh, answer. And if there's a question you don't like, just say skip and we'll go to the next one. Um, If that's all right with you. (laughs) Okay. Bring it on (laughs) me. Okay. (laughs) And I'm sorry. That was part of me being late. That to explain that part too. Um, (laughs) It's all good. What is your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Beautiful color. Beautiful color. Um, What is your favorite food?
1: Hmm. Chips and salsa. Although I can't eat that really anymore. But it's my Mm. favorite
2: classic. It's wonderful. Um, where's your favorite place on earth that you've ever been just to observe beauty in the nature, to be in the nature and, and feel it and love it and the most beautiful place?
1: Oh my gosh. I have been very fortunate to be able to see a lot of parts of the world. Um, you know, one place that I really like is the English countryside. There is something about it that I just want to sit on the ground and roll, like roll around in the ground. And I don't have that feeling anywhere else. So um, just um, the English countryside, I think.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. I, my my little spot that I have to go to, I've never been to, and I will before, before I move to my next life, is uh, Iceland gotta go oh. gotta be there something has drawn me to that place since a kid i think the, when i ask that question most people relate something to a past life that they really have connections to because sometimes they're just really odd little places Um uh, there's
1: anyway. so i mean I, that's what's so remarkable about this planet is it is so diverse it's crazy
2: yeah just in the us you've got you know hundreds of different pockets of ecosystems and biomes and topology and all sorts of amazing stuff and then you go to the world it's a 100 times better more more expansive than that um let me think what is your favorite band and or song
1: oh my gosh <laughs> that yeah. one's hard that is <laughs> um Oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> can we skip that one? Cause I'm just not sure. There's so many to choose from.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that, that one actually hung, hung up. Uh,
1: I, I could tell you the last concert I went to, that was, um, Sarah Bareilles. I was at the Hollywood bowl really? before the pandemic. Yeah.
2: I never heard of that Amazing. one. I'll have to look it up.
1: Amazing concert. Yeah.
2: I'll have to look them up, that sounds great. Um let me see what is what's your favorite movie you've ever seen
1: oh i'll well, see that's hard <laughs> <laughs> hard for me to pick one Um,
2: you're oh a God. lover of many of them are you
1: i am i am um I can tell you some of my favorite series. I can tell you that Fringe is one of my favorite, favorite series. Yeah. Um, Favorite movies. I'm a sucker for the Harry Potter movies. I got to tell you, sci-fi, anything witchy, anything, (laughs) anything in a spaceship. I'm on board for that.
2: (laughs) They were pretty, pretty fascinating. A lot of, uh, a lot of truths come in the places of fiction. I I really love that about the sci-fi genre too. Um, That's a beautiful thing. All right. Last one. Um, What's your favorite childhood memory that you have where you felt the most uh, comfortable, most excited, most happy, most loved, whichever out of your choice?
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: (laughs) I'm so sorry I didn't give you uh, a heads up on these two. I
1: have to think way back. Um, you know what? I think just very simple things like with my childhood. I was so lucky. Um, I grew up in Kansas in the suburbs of Kansas City and you know, as a kid growing up, I had a lot of freedom. So, you know, I lived on a cul-de-sac with other kids and so we we're all about the same age and I can remember leaving and going to the pool at 11 a.m. which was probably a mile and a half two miles away we just ride our bikes up there and then my mom was like just be home by dinner (laughs) Uh so just running around all day and playing and having that freedom on my bike and um you know it's something that's been stolen from children that that sense of safety and that sense of freedom
2: yeah, um, even so even as a child for myself the 80s it it was fairly normal to run across town on your own for hours on end.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can remember riding my bike to school on my own and that was miles away and I was in probably 5th grade. So what was that? 11? Yeah. You know, it was I can't imagine kids doing that today.
2: No, Maybe. it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not as common. Uh, there are places still around um, the town I grew up with was, was really small too. So I imagine there's still some of that. But e- even in the 80s, my sister uh, almost got picked up by a stranger on the same street. My mom yelled and screamed and the guy freaked out and left. And after <sighs> that, yeah, and that was like 84, 85, 86. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a crazy world and a lot of things are crazy. So but I, I think you're right. The freedom as a child is always something I'll revere and something, unfortunately, the kids won't have until we make some shifts. But uh, thank you for sharing all that. Uh, and so, like I said, sorry for hitting you over that last minute. Usually I give a couple <laughs> examples so people know what they're in for. But uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, as we draw near to the end, um, before we get to to the sharing, I just want to thank you for, for coming. I know your schedule... Uh, is a busy one. And I know um, that you got a lot of things in your own life that's going on. So any any time is a huge commodity. Um, and I appreciate you choosing to share that time with us. And just for sharing what you've shared today, uh, giving the tools to people, sharing empowerment. Um, It's the reason I joined this community and the reason I love this community and the reason I've got some of the same friends when I started in this community that I do now because all of us agree that people should have uh, that feeling of empowerment within them. And that's why we do what we do. So thank you for doing what you do. Uh, Thank you for being here with us. And if anyone wants to know where to find you, what types of things that you're doing that they can join, um any i know we have a link down in the description too but wh- where can they find you and, and connect with you more
1: well first let me say thank you for having me and all the nice things you just said right back at you oh, um so no I, I deeply appreciate you and and it really is an honor for me to be here um to answer your question let's see you can find me over at higherfrequencies.net and in terms of things that we have going on, um, I mentioned earlier, we have our Galactic Light Code monthly membership program. And, you know, every month the guides will do a, a, a short channeling. It's pre-recorded. It's based off the energy, the, the needs of the group. And then there's the Galactic Light Code and the Language of Light Activation. And then we do a a bonus Q&A with me mid-month. So there's a lot um, going on with that. And um, you'll find that over on the website. And then this coming Saturday, we have... Uh, our monthly group session, the Pleiadian Perspective. So that's two hours of the piece. we also do a language of light activation in that just to kind of um, support the group with whatever they need on that day. It always fascinates me. Um, You know, I think something that's important for people to know is that they're not alone and they're not the only person going through these very same issues. And when we get into these group sessions, and I'm sure you see this as well, uh, it's, it's like everybody has the same issue that just keeps coming up and it, we go through these cycles. Um, you know, if you think about astrology where we have each zodiac sign and the, in the patterns with each sign, it's the same thing as we're moving through them. Um, we're all working on these very same issues. So just know that you're not alone and, you know, uh, you might be surprised when you start talking about something that the person standing next to you is going through the very same thing. So uh, that we have going on, and again, you'll find more information on that over on our website.
2: Well, thank you for for sharing. Thank you for being here again. Um, we always love you, Mia Kalina. Love you uh, as a person, as a channeler, uh, as a as a longtime member of our community who helped clear the path for for people like myself who who have been channeling. Uh, less time than you have and open up that acceptability for the collective again, to, to embrace that and just doing the hardcore work you are doing, we appreciate it. And and we really love you. And thanks again for, for coming and being a part of of this tonight Uh, and just being a part of our lives in general.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And I'm, I'm feel blessed to count you as um, someone who's in my life as well. So thank you. And thank you to everybody who's here tonight.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Well, everybody, that's Wendy Kennedy. She's an amazing person. Find her at higherfrequencies.net. Also, you can find any of the information about the Enlightenment Evolution Hour on our Facebook page, follow our Twitter, follow uh, our Instagram. Our Instagram, we've been doing a lot of work on. Uh, John Creek and myself have been Getting uh, that around, uh, John's done most of the work, and, and I've enjoyed that benefit. And also our Discord server, where uh, most people who are there for the EC Whisper community come, and that's all they're there for. It's not like the other social medias where people bombard you with external stuff that you don't care about. <laughs> Just the spiritual community-based stuff. Next week, join us. Susie Byler going to have a great conversation with her every Wednesday, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and that's 7 Pacific. We love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this channel, a part of the network, part of the show, a part of our lives, and we will see you guys on the other side. Thanks again. See you next week.